Welcome, everybody, to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. And finally, I got both my co-hosts back with me. Matt and Vitor are both here. Vitor is back from his playoff that he did win. We are all happy for him. Congrats, Vitor. Um, But we are here. Yes, sir. We are here to review a win. 26-21 Jets over the Jacksonville Jaguars. A very happy holidays to everybody listening from the Jets and from us. Guys, the story of the day was Zach Wilson. uh, Zach Vick, as his new nickname is with his mobility and rushing. Um, We got to get into breaking it down because it wasn't all his legs. Um, We all think that he had a really, really good game mentally processing standpoint. Just all of that fit in really well. So we're not going to waste any more time. Vitor, you are back. I'm going to give you the floor. What did you see at his X film this morning? Honestly, I think it was his best game of the season season process wise, like showing everybody that he's ready to take the next step as an NFL quarterback. He's reading the defense as well. Pre-snap, post-snap. We're talking offline, Andrew, in a play where he hit Brexton Barriers on a drag. He was looking to Michael Carter on the out, not open. And then he, you know, that's something he did in preseason. It's very impressive. He ties his head with his feet perfectly. He ties his head with his feet, steps up in the pocket, throws a beautiful drag to Brexton Barriers, allowing him to pick up extra yards. There were a lot of those mental plays where Zach Wilson did things he was not doing early in the season. There was a play where Jeff Smith dropped, dropped the post which Zach Friel, the Jaguars were showing double mug pressure. Look, so two guys in the a gap, six, six guy, six guys coming and they, they just retreat thrown it. So two linebackers dropping and everybody dropping the jets were in a three by one set to the three man side. So Wilson, he looks at the three man side first, but when he sees those backers dropping to the, to the three man side, immediately flips back to Jeff Smith and throws a beautiful ball over the middle, just elite post-snap processing, elite post-snap processing. It was dropped, but was a play that pictures how Wilson is getting better in the mental part of the game. And he's honestly really close to becoming that guy we saw in BYU. More confident, calmer, more accurate. I'm really, really, really happy with what I saw in Wilson's tape from this week. I agree, yeah. I mean, he seemed just a little bit more confident in everything that that we need him to do. Uh, no more, uh, more so in his legs to me, because in the beginning of the season, you'd always see him just a little, little hesitant to just take off on his own. And in a lot of cases he wouldn't, he would just run it out to the sidelines and take a, a sack instead of even throwing it away. Now it seems like it's just clicking right on cue. As soon as he sees everything break down, boom, he just makes the decision without even thinking I'm running with it. And he's running with confidence too. It's like he didn't even have that leg injury at all. Yeah, he really is. Um, This is everything that we have wanted to see from Zach. I think we saw in this game, we saw mental processing. uh, We saw the physical talent. Obviously we saw him be able to make plays out of nothing when there's nothing there. Um, Play that I absolutely loved was probably my favorite play from this game from him was the fourth and two where he's able to scramble and get 17 yards down the sideline. Uh, The jets have a, an empty call on. They have a four by one where Michael Carter motions out of the backfield, goes out wide, gives the jets four receivers on one side and then they have a single receiver isolated on the left and they're calling a little bit of a a pick route where they're trying to get the two inside receivers they're running verticals kind of digs and they're trying to get tyler croft free on an out route to the right 
and the safety for the Jaguars that are said man coverage reads the bunch is coming, plays over top of the bunch, gets away from the rub call and is able to get out in front of Croft and, and cover the play uh, for Wilson to have nowhere to go with the ball. There's pressure off the left end as well, where he's got to roll off a spot. Now he's rolling to his right. Croft's pretty much the only guy that he would have an opportunity to throw to anyway, because the other guys are running pick routes. Michael Carter's running a vertical route and is covered. And Zach Wilson is in a situation where before he might have risked to throw into coverage. He might've tried to throw across his body. He might not have been as confident, like you said, Matt, to take off and scramble, but he was just calm, perfectly collected. He knows that there was a linebacker that was dropping into a, a hook zone that was dropping out from a blitz. And that, uh, linebacker picks up Croft when he starts to come back inside. So he takes away that throwing lane and Wilson knows that that linebacker is coming. And if he just tries to race him to the edge, he's not going to get there and he's going to end up being a turnover on downs. So he smartly pump fakes him and he gets the linebacker to jump. That gives him just enough time to reset back outside, get to the edge. Then there's no one that can stop him. It's a 17 yard game. That was the growth for me that I saw, which was Zach Wilson in week four, in week three, Zach Wilson in week six probably would have panicked, probably wouldn't have not known what to do, either thrown an interception through a bad ball into coverage, potentially just taken a sack because he was too hesitant to run. But this week, it was no problem. Everything was under control. Everything was was right there for him and never panicked. Moment never got too big. And that's exactly what you want to see out of your franchise quarterback. As much as what, what Coach Sala has said over and over, which is he wants him to be in the structure until it's time to, to rip out, rip his jersey open, get the S on his chest going and make a play. Well, that's exactly what we saw which was Zach Wilson stayed in the structure, did everything that he could within the structure of the offense until he, until he couldn't anymore. And then once he needed to make a play himself and that's what he did, uh, this was an awesome game. I agree. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really wish I would see more of is him taking more shots downfield though. Uh, because this is a big part of the game from uh, when him at BYU is his uh, ability to throw it downfield. And we just haven't really seen it in the last few weeks. Uh, of course, he's not really he doesn't really have the talent there to to do it. But I feel like that could be schemed. I feel like a nice wheel route to Carter. Barrios is fast. I would like to see him take a deep shot. But we still have Smith. He's a he's a blaze out there. So there's the guys that can go downfield. Uh, and I would like to see more of it. Uh, but we just haven't seen it yet. But, you know, what? I, I don't mind if he's growing and learning on the things that he really need to grow and learn with. Uh, I don't think he had many dirt balls this game either. I think maybe one. Nope. Uh, so if that's improving, that's, that's a really good thing because the, the less uh, he throws the ball in the dirt, the more he's probably hitting his wide receivers. So. Yeah. The deep shot stuff is talking about this game only was hard because they're either playing too high, which takes away some of her deep shots uh, or they were either blitzing, which made Wilson throw and think fast. There was a, a play, Andrew, we were talking about it, the crosser to Kraft, where Wilson peeks at the deep route to Killing Cole, I think. Then he comes yep. back to the intermediate crosser to to Kraft. So I, 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 I agree with you. I think he is more, I would say he's thinking twice before taking a shot downfield, but especially in this game against the Jaguars, I think he didn't skip any clear opportunity. Yeah, I think that's, that's an important aspect, uh, which is, was there deep shots to be had? Because if they're not being called and the, the routes aren't going that way, then it's kind of difficult for him to make plays on routes that aren't being called. But even still, um, with what Vitor was just talking about, where uh, it was the 22-yard over route to Tyler Croft, 
uh, Jaguars are in cover two. They were in a very, very obvious cover two from before the snap and post snap. Nothing was different. No disguise. weren't trying to hide nothing. It was cover two from the start. And uh, Keelan Cole was on the left running an outside vertical route. Now, if he's running a vertical route against cover two, the only times you're going to be able to hit him are either going to be with a hole shot between the corner and the safety, or if the safety gives up his responsibility and gets flat footed, Keelan Cole can maybe get behind him and you can throw it over the whole defense. So what Wilson did off this play action, which fooled the linebackers so well, he knew he was going to have Croft open is he peeked backside and checked Keelan Cole on this vertical, even though he already knew that Croft was open and he could hit him for an easy gain right away because he wanted to see if Keelan Cole would get behind the safety. And he saw the corner also sinking with Cole uh, as well. And there just wasn't a hole to go with the ball. So I would rather, quite honestly, which what we've seen earlier in the season is Zach was taking more deep shots, but a lot of times it wasn't the time for him to do so, where this was a situation where he knew he had what he wanted before the snap post snap got exactly what he wanted. And he knew he had Tyler Croft for a good game, but he tried to be aggressive. You can see it on tape where he's holding his eyes go to Keelan Cole as soon as he gets done reading the linebackers. Once he sees the linebackers are flat-footed, he knows the play action worked. He immediately goes to check for Cole for the deep shot. It just wasn't there. So I'm, I agree. You want to see more of it, but I think that there's a handful of factors as to why it isn't happening. And quite honestly, I'm not going to be upset with a 22-yard gain on first down. No, can't complain about that at all. Uh, and that's maybe says more about the Jaguars. Like <laughs> you have a quarterback that's hasn't really gotten into a rhythm deep. Why not take away the short stuff instead of, and just force him to throw deep. That's probably what I would have done against uh, Zach, especially with this talent. Yeah. Um, the Jags in particular and Vitor feel free to hop in here uh, with what you saw, but they ran a lot of man coverage. Um for at least what I saw earlier in the game, especially. Uh, So when you're running a lot of man coverage like that, it made more sense for the jets to attack underneath with uh, bunch sets and rubber outs and quick outs, which is what they did a lot to start the game. Cause that's just what was open. It just would have been harder to hit the deep shots against man. Um, I do agree. They probably could have schemed up some better ones. I think we need to try and take advantage of Barrios' speed down the field, especially if we don't have Elijah Moore right now. Um, But defensively, I just think this wasn't so much that the Jaguars were selling out to stop the deep ball. It's just other things were better answers. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree with this. I remember at the end of the first half, there was a a great uh, call on fourth and three uh, where you had Berrios and Mims uh, both doing crossers. uh, And Zach really showed some great anticipation here. Uh, throwing, getting, getting ready to throw the ball and releasing it before Barrios even really uh, uh, got free of his his coverage, uh, and that's something that I, I think he sh- he's shown a lot better at, especially as of late. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was just um, a mesh call, uh, which is mesh is one of their staple plays that they've ran all year. And he is immediately looking to Michael Carter on an out route and he motions out and checks him. Detour, you were talking about this earlier and he just comes off of it, stays in rhythm, finds Barrios, good anticipation, good ball. That was a great play. There was a play earlier than that. I think actually uh, it was a third down where he hit Keelan Cole on a dig route. I think it was one of his first bigger passing uh, passing plays of the game. That was another good one where it's anticipation, knowing what it's there. It's a little high, low concept of the stick route and the dig behind it. Um, it was just anticipation. He sees the linebacker drops and plays the stick route and knows that the dig is going to come open behind it, hits it in the perfect window to Cole. It's an accurate ball. It's on time. This was, this was an, a great game. 
I, I mean, quite honestly, this is a game where the film is going to do so much more for people than the box score and the box score wasn't bad. I mean, a hundred plus yards, isn't the most expiring, inspiring thing in the world, but you got to factor in his rushing total uh, and all things considered with the players that he had around him, the situation of this game, you're missing your head coach. You're missing multiple receivers, offensive linemen, everything else. I don't think you could have asked for a better result from Zach Wilson. I, I think this is exactly what you want to see out of the second overall pick in the draft. Uh, when the chips are down, he was able to put the team on his back and lead them to a win. I, I, I am overjoyed. Agree that, 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 that same feeling, you know, is the same one that I have that situation. He showed everything you want to see. How do you feel about Ron Middleton and his aggressiveness? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Ron Middleton said, I'm going to get my chance to be a head coach and I'm going to play it like it, but it'll never happen again. And tried every opportunity <laughs> he could uh, to make plays, get conversions on fourth down. I loved the aggressiveness, quite honestly. I have to agree. Yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, there, there are times where I was just like, what is he doing? Just take the points. Just take the points. It was, it was getting kind of frustrating, but at the same time, it's like, you know what? Whatever. Just go for it. You know, this game, it, it doesn't matter as that much. Uh, we, we're seeing what we want to see. Let's let's see some aggressiveness in the guys. Maybe if we get it, then uh, it'll definitely be a momentum push. Yeah, I feel the same. There were a few times where I was like, please just kick the field goal. But <laughs> overall, you want you, you, that's what you like to see, right? It's his only game as a head coach, and the message to his team was clear. We're going to win, and we're going to win being aggressive. So when the message is clear, it has a purpose, even though I may not agree with some of the decisions, I like his overall aggressiveness. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, Ron Middleton at the beginning of this week said that his job was just to come in, try and steady the ship. They weren't reinventing the wheel, that they were all believers in Coach Sala's philosophies and systems and plays and all of that. And they were just going to stick to their game plan, do what they do. What they do. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, one guy in particular who definitely did what he did, that was Michael Carter, uh, who had his first career 100-yard rushing game. Um, quite honestly, and uh, I might be the biggest Michael Carter fan this side of the Mississippi, uh, as great of a game as this was for him. I didn't see any plays that were absolutely jaw dropping. This was just the offensive line did a good job creating holes. Michael Carter's vision is excellent as always. And as long as he can break that first contact, he's going to be getting 10, 14 yards of pop. No problem. Uh, this is signs of things to come. I think for the future. Yeah. Those, those yards after contact are huge. He's almost never brought down. Uh, by the first guy and he just runs through arm tackles like they're nothing. And he's not a big guy. So this is all lower body strength, just forcing his way through these, these defensive bodies. And it's a, it's a great thing to say. And he's still so young. So there's, I can see him still grow. Yeah. Both quarter and this old line, man, bright spots also in this game. Michael Curry is that thing, you know, it's starting, it's starting to be like a consistent stuff for like, man, this guy can break tackles. And now it's like, yeah, he can break tackles. That's his game. That that's yeah. his, his MO. He is a guy that breaks a lot of tackles. He, he he's, I, I just said today, he forces missed tackles in 26.7% of his runs. He's basically Nick Chubb's level on that. So Come yep. on, that that's his game. That's Michael Carter. The Jets found a really good all-around back that's way more aggressive than I thought he was going to be prior to the draft. Excellent. And the O-line, I tweeted that today. I think you guys possibly disagree with me, but I would have no problem for running it back with the same five with LDT at right guard and batter backups. I think that that's necessary. And back to insurance because the O-line, I think... Those guys got the scheme, right? Now they are just playing like an unit. Early in the season, they were just like five different O-linemen that were just put together to play a game. Now they're playing like an unit and the O-line, 
offensive line is basically the football's youth mate unit. Everybody needs to do something well for the unit to play well. And those guys are on the same page right now. Backups were pushing the Jaguars around. I really, I'm really liking, I was talking to Andrew about that uh, when we're, when we're off. I'm liking the direction that Michael Fleur is giving this offense. So for me, everything that we talk about here is going to be a positive today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on the, should you run, run it back with the guys or should you not? Um, I do think that in a ideal scenario, yeah, I think you can bring these guys back and have no problem with it. Um, my issue is I worry about Fant wanting to move to right tackle. Uh, cause quite honestly, I think he's earned the right to say I've played fantastic at left tackle. Not only do I want to stay here, I want to raise. Um, so I think it could be possible that he ends up being a trade candidate, uh, just off that alone. But that all said, I want to focus on this game uh, in particular, the offensive line and the guys that were playing kicked ass. They absolutely kicked ass. Wilson generally had time to throw for the most, uh, for the most part, was able to be comfortable uh, in the pocket and was able, especially like on the, the play action, the crop we were talking about earlier in the deep over Wilson has all day. He's got a clean pocket. No one's near him. He's able to comfortably drift. And then in the run game, they were just blowing guys off the ball. They were getting push off the snap. They were able to keep guys clean up until the second level, create holes in the run game for, for Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman to exploit. This was a, a great, great game from the offensive line, which considering you had three backups playing is not something I think many of us would have expected. Yeah, especially Greg Van Roten. I wasn't really, I mean, he wasn't perfect. He definitely had some plays that uh, I'm sure he would have wanted back. Uh, but even he played admirably. Uh, but I think the the game ball should go to Fant, though. There was that one play where uh, he was looking for work. He absolutely demolishes the defender. And then the uh, he goes and deflects the, the tip ball to prevent an interception, uh, showing great awareness and never really giving up on the play. Uh, and those kinds of things uh, you got to love. And uh, whether he does want that raise, I don't know. It, it, still yet to be seen that that's going to be a mess in the off season. Yeah, it really is. Um, I'm hopeful that the jets will be able to find a way where they can keep their three top tackles together um, and figure out however it is that they're going to be playing. I do think Mackay Becton is not moving to right tackle. Um, quite honestly, I'd be a little concerned if that ends up happening. Uh, and I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it, uh, but yeah, Fant played great. Fant played, has played great all year. Another great game from him again this week. Um, I agree that he was probably, if you had to give the the medal to, to one of the five guys, I'm going to give it to George Fant. But I'm going to give the silver medal uh, to Dan Feeney because I thought Dan Feeney, for the few times that he has played this year and did not look very well, I thought this was, this was a great game from him. He was consistent in pass pro. I thought he was good in the run game, generating holes, um, especially when considering that he was subbing in for McGovern. He also had the protection calls on his plate, uh, which is something that McGovern is used to. I didn't see many busts in protection. And to be fair, the Jaguars weren't doing anything super complicated. I think like Vitor was talking about, Michael Floor had a really good read on this defense, a really good key of what they were doing. Um, but yeah, we didn't see the, the offensive line, which everyone was expecting before the game of, Oh no, we can't play Zach Wilson with all these backups. <laughs> He's going to get killed. That wasn't a problem. That no. wasn't a problem whatsoever. And they deserve a lot of credit for that. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. That, that, the whole narrative, Oh, we can't play Zach with all of this talent around or lack of talent around him. Uh, yeah, no, he, you, you can't coach scared. You can't play scared. 
Yep. This is the NFL. All right. This you you, you got to just put your stars out there and let them play. And Zach came through in flying colors, it's, it's even with the guys around him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, quite honestly, in my opinion, uh, feel free to disagree with me, guys, if you feel, see fit. But this game for me is going to do more for Zach Wilson in the long run than a regular game where all of his talent around him is healthy because he had to have the pressure on himself. He had to make up for the lack of talent around him. He knew that he wasn't playing with all of his best guys and it didn't phase him. It didn't, it didn't make him play scared. It didn't make him play timid. He wasn't not trusting his targets or not trusting the offense or not trusting his protection. He went out and played his game. And I think that there is a a really, really important part of that, especially when you're the second pick of the draft and you're trying to be the quarterback that leads a team out of perennial and, and seemingly never ending despair. I I mean that you got to be able to put the team on your back when the chips are down and go make things happen. And I think it's huge for him that that's exactly what we saw. I'm, I'm very, very glad that the jets coaching staff top to bottom, never flinched never got scared, never even considered the idea of doing something and not playing Zach Wilson, because this experience was vital for him. And like you said, Matt, he passed with flying colors. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, guys, let's get to the defense a little bit, because uh, this is definitely a game where I think they had their lapses, but they also had their opportunities and they also had their good plays as well. They were missing a handful of guys, uh, so that definitely didn't help, as was the rest of the Jets at all. Uh, but for the two new starting safeties, uh, for everyone wondering, including Jeff Ulbrich earlier in the week, who the starting safeties were going to be, it ended up being Will Parks, who's a veteran they signed off the street, has been in the league for a handful of years and knows what he's doing, and Jason Pinnock, who was drafted as a corner and has since been moved to safety the last couple of weeks, got his first start in that position. I thought these guys played really, really well, quite honestly, for, for the situations that they were placed in parks in particular, um, that veteran savvy really showed up. He had a couple of nice pass breakups, good plays in the run game. Pinnock, same thing was really good in the run game. Uh, even forced a fumble on the goal line that of course the Jags lineman picks up uh, in the end zone for a touchdown. But this was, this was a really solid game from these two safeties. Uh, and hopefully that things will continue to stay solid in the future. I think Pinnock maybe has a home at free safety. Yeah, maybe uh, that's the hope anyways, because we don't really have much else. So it, it, it'd be nice to, to actually have some hope there. Um, I, we, of course, we shouldn't anoint him anything. He needs to prove himself. I hope he uh, he sees more time there uh, next week against uh, the Bucks. Uh, but yeah, and one thing he's sort of been lacking at when playing corner uh, was his ability to tackle. Uh, I, he was on the ground a lot uh, in previous games where he's just slipping and sliding everywhere or uh, not recognizing things uh, quick enough and just being late to the spot. Uh, but this game, he didn't show any of that. He seemed very comfortable back there uh, and diagnosing everything in front of him. Yeah, I think I agree with you guys. Got to play Plinak at free safety the last two games. And if Ashton Davis gets back from the COVID list, I would play him at strong safety. Honestly, that's where he played Agreed. better last season. And, and, and you have a chance to try out a, a starring safety duo that maybe has some future with the team, right? Both guys are uh, are Joe Douglas draft picks. Both guys have a lot of raw physical talent. So these last two games, I think it's a prime opportunity for Robert Sala, Jeff Obrich, to try this new safety tandem, play Pianaka at free safety and let Ashton Davis come down to the box. Yeah, absolutely. Um, quite honestly, I think this is 
the only thing that they can do with these last handful of weeks, because they got to figure out if they need to aggressively attack the safety position in the offseason. They need to know if they need to potentially spend some big time money on a guy like Jesse Bates, like Matt and I, we've talked about before when we were talking about the off season a few weeks ago, where I said that would be the guy I would be throwing all my money towards trying to land. Uh, that still stands. But if Jason Pinnock can come in these last few weeks and, and seem to find a home at free safety, then maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe you can, you can change your resource allocation. Maybe the thought of Kyle Hamilton earlier in the draft, it will disappear because we'll have our guy at free safety, at least potentially we think going into the future. Cause right now the jets are just looking for starters there. Of course, you're always looking to be the best you can be at every position, but with the jets situation right now, they're just looking for guys that they know are going to be starting and know that are going to be solid enough to be consistent starters because Marcus May's future is very much in the air. LaMarcus Joyner only signed a one year deal. Ashton Davis has been up and down. You know, Elijah Riley has been good in spots and then he had his injury and he should be coming back soon. But even he, you know, they're still young trying to figure him out. They need consistency at this position desperately. And if Jason Pinnock can be the guy to come in and provide that consistency, it will do a hell of a lot for the rest of the defense. Absolutely. Uh, and they really needed to this, the whole secondary really needed to step up because there was no pass rush whatsoever, uh, which is surprising since it's not like Jacksonville's got this all world offensive line. Uh, but nobody, I mean, then again, we didn't really have much other than Huff and Rankins. Maybe I'm not, yeah. who, who was in there? Really? Yeah, that was the, the starting four was Huff Rankins, Nathan Shepard. And I think, think Ronnie Blair, Tim Ward, quite honestly, I can't even remember who the other defensive end was. It was Ronnie Blair. Yeah. This, this was the starting front four. And this game just shows how I honestly don't think people are talking about enough, how much the jets are going to need to invest again on the defensive line. Yep. They they need to be a deep. They need to be a deep. Salah wants to be a deep. They want to rotate like crazy. They cannot go ahead next season with Canadian Thanos, Nathan <laughs> Shopper, and Ronnie Blair. They need a new defensive end, and they need a new three-tack, one-tack, whatever kind of guy that can come in and sub-kill rankings, Fatukasi better than, yeah. than, than, than Shepard. Yeah, I completely and totally agree. Uh, Matt and I were actually talking off-air a little bit ago where I had mentioned to him, I said, there's a sneaky, sneaky need on this team, and it's defensive tackle. Uh, after Quinn and Williams, because assuming Foley Fadakasi is a free agent this year. So I would love to bring him back. I think he'd be a really important piece in the line that I wouldn't want to see get away. But if he gets away, then you're looking at Quinn and Williams. Sheldon Rankins might be re-signed. Like you said, Nathan Shepard has not been good uh, in his handful of years now. And you're hoping Jonathan Marshall can continue to improve, which I think is possible. But there's not much there. And like you said, they want to be eight deep. So I I think that the defensive line is definitely going to get some heavy investment. Um, I would hope that they get some more heavy investment. That's where, that's where Robert Sala wants to win. It's where Joe Douglas wants to win too. So the trenches are always going to be the focus of this team as they should. Uh, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon to be completely and totally honest guys. Let's go ahead and finish this off here. Cause I think this is, this all kind of wraps into each other. Yes. The jets are going to need a, a new defensive end. They potentially need other positions on the defensive line. Uh, and the two seemingly two best players in this class are edge rushers. That being Kayvon Thibodeau uh, from Oregon and Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. So there was a handful of people that as we've seen throughout the years, were upset that the jets won this game. 
because it was going to mess up their draft order. They still had a, a mathematical chance of getting a top two pick, even potentially number one, I think, if they were able to lose to Jacksonville. And there were a lot of people that were worried that the Jets were going to win a meaningless game and they're going to lose out on top top talent and it's going to ruin their season and they're going to mess up the tank like they do every year. And we're here to tell you guys, take a breath, calm mm-hmm. down, and let's let's actually settle in and learn why winning this game was a great thing for the New York Jets. Because it was. Quite honestly, this was a great win for this team because you got to look at the adversity that they were dealing with. Their head coach is out. They have all these other players out. They're down to their backups in a lot of spots. You got guys getting playing time off the street. Your coaches don't even know who your starting safeties are. <laughs> and they go out. They don't flinch. They play as a team. They play hard. They play aggressive. And they go out and win. And that's not something that we have seen out of the Jets in a long time is going out when the chips are down and playing like you're playing to win instead of just playing like you're waiting for the game to be over. This was a great win for culture. This was a great win for Robert Sala and what his message is and players buying into his message. There is a lot more benefit to the team than a potential move in draft order. And to be fair, the Jets didn't even change where they're picking. They're still picking fourth and the Bears beat the Seahawks to move them up to sixth with the other pick. I don't think it's so bad. No, not bad at all. Uh, I think a lot of the people that are going wild about us winning are probably the same people that were going wild when we missed out on Trevor Lawrence. And then Uh they just watched Zach Wilson beat Trevor Lawrence. So guess what? It's, there's still a lot of time between now and the draft. There's still a lot that can happen. There's absolutely nothing set in stone. A uh, quarterback can hit, catch fire all of a sudden, and now uh, we have a very valuable pick. Or maybe one uh, one of the top two edges drops. We have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, so just sit back, relax. We have so much... Uh, so many, so many draft picks, so much, so many assets in terms yep. of cash as well. Uh, we, we're going to have a lot of opportunities to improve this this team. Uh, so I will take the win. I will take the growth from Zach. Uh, I'll take that any day. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, fellas. And and the thing is, it's not like the Jets are winning meaningless games with teams that are just going to break apart, right? 2022 for the Jets is a it's like a sequel from 2021. It's the same regime. A lot of the players will be here again. So it's basically the same essence of a football team. And there's a moment where those guys need to look at each other and, and, and say, we are capable of being good. And that won't happen losing week after week. The Jets got to win. The Jets got to win football games. The Jets got to finish it off and win football games. It's going to be hard against, against Tampa and Buffalo. So they might as well just beat Jacksonville and get some positive vibes in the locker room. Those guys, they will be here next year. CJ Mosley, basically all the front four. The offense has a lot of young players and getting that winning culture. I know it sounds like sounds like it's coach speak, but it's not. It's important for a locker room. It's important to see those kids playing well. And it's, it, you know, every win will be important for the Jets' future. Yeah, absolutely. Winning in the NFL is hard always. So when you can win, win when you have the opportunity to win, because it's hard. And that's what these guys are working towards. Most importantly, the point I want to end on here is you got to look at what players led the Jets to a win. First and foremost, it was your rookie quarterback. That is a good sign. This was not a team. This was not a win that the Jets got by a bunch of players that aren't going to be on the team next year. Their core won this game. Zach Wilson won this game. 
Michael Carter won this game. Their offensive line with pieces that you're hoping can be retained and the pieces that are there that are foundation pieces won this game. Young players in your secondary like Bryce Hall, Brandon Eccles, and Jason Pinnock won this game. These are guys that are going to be on the team. This was not a meaningless win. This was an important win for the growth of the core of the roster. I'm, I could not be happier with how the team performed this week with all the things that they had going on with all the adversity that they were dealing with, with young players in crucial positions. This was as good as you could have hoped for from this team. And you're right, Vitor. It may sound like coach speak, but it's not, it's real. This is what the NFL is about. Why do play? Why do coaches like Adam Gase flame out? let alone from their statistical uh, and schematic issues that they have. Players don't buy into their message. They don't believe in the coach that they're playing for. They don't want to play hard for the coach that they're playing for. That hasn't happened under Robert Sala. Not even close. We've seen the exact opposite. We've seen these guys go out and fight like hell to try and win games every single week, even if they're in positions where the defense is in the same play and they can't read a screen or Zach Wilson has made an issue where he's drifting out of the pocket too much. There's never a time when this team gets down. There's never a time when this team is ready to quit. And that's huge. I, I go to the post-game locker room video. I'm sure you guys saw it by now, and I'm sure most of the people listening have seen it as well. The way that locker room exploded when Robert Sala came on the video screen tells you everything you need to know about this team. <laughs> they adore their coach. They want to fight like hell for him. They were so happy to be able to give him a win when he wasn't there. This is what you want. And the most important thing about all of this is it's going to rapidly kill the free agents don't want to go to New York thing. That's going to be a thing of the past because they're want to they're going to want to go play for Robert Sala. That's going to be important. This is uh, the Jets fans should be really, really happy with their regime right now. And it's funny because if you look at the national media, they like to think of the, of the Sala situation as a mistake. They like to point at, uh, at a Sala and be like, oh, he made, a, he made a mistake in going to the Jets. He could have stayed on San Francisco or, uh, or go somewhere better later. Uh, no, he's very happy to be here, and everybody's very happy to have him. Uh, not just the locker room. During the game, you see the teammates that aren't able to play, live tweeting, really hyping up their, yep. their teammates. Uh, cheering on the team as a whole. Uh, so everybody is here for the team and for each other. And I am here for it all day. Yeah, Andrew and Matt, your words were perfect. Andrew especially describing how important this win was uh, and Matt, the vibe of the locker room. I couldn't agree more, guys. Win was in, winning was important. The locker room video was everything. They want to play for Salah and play, and guys that want to play for Sally and everybody knowing that is important because free agents who want to come here. So if fans want to get better draft picks with losses, they might as well get ready with a lot of free agents saying no, no to the Jets because they are a losing team. So you got to win. Ooh, one, one thing, I, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but there was that whole rift between uh, Rex Ryan and Sala about how Rex Ryan was going in on, on Sala, not understanding what exactly is Sala doing here on defense. And they talked to each other privately, and Rex came away very impressed and very happy with the direction that we were going. So I'm very curious what they talked about, uh, especially with a lot of the concerns that Rex brought up, which were all valid concerns. So apparently Sala eased all those questions 
and made him very happy. So I'm very curious what those are since I feel like we've had a lot of those questions also. Yeah, that would be a, that would be interesting to learn uh, to go to be a fly on the wall of that conversation and, and see exactly what was said to ease his concerns. Um, I, I'm not going to try and guess or put words in Robert Solid's mouth to say anything particular, but what I will say is that this is a team that fights hard for him. This is a team that wants to win for their coach. This is a team that needs to learn how to win for the future because they haven't been winning for so long. Uh, this is this was really really important. I, I this is the foundation of your team for the future. I, I mean, I don't. I quite honestly, I don't know how fans can be upset. Because if all goes well, which let's take everything into context for what it is, your second overall pick at quarterback was just able to put the team on his back when the chips were down. And yes, the Jags defense isn't the most daunting thing in the world, but it's still an NFL defense. And he's playing the team that he's scheduled to play. Zach Wilson puts the team on his back, goes out, plays a great game and leads the team to a win. If that's going to be something that happens consistently, we're not going to be picking high enough for a loss to matter. We're not. Isn't that the goal? Isn't the goal to get to the point where we don't have to rely on top draft picks or worried that a a late December win is going to ruin our chances of getting some top player? Isn't the goal to be winning enough to where you're not picking in the top 10? Uh, If that's what we're all hoping for, if that's what we all want our future to be, then we shouldn't be that concerned about one draft pick this year. We should be a lot more happy that our young franchise quarterback seems to be getting better and is finishing the year on a high note, looking like he's getting ready to make a big second year leap. Couldn't agree more for words. That's it. Absolutely. One win doesn't make an off season. No, absolutely not. And and one player wouldn't make the off season either Uh, for, for whoever it would be that they would end up picking with a higher pick. Like you said, Matt, nothing is guaranteed. Uh, everything can change in the future. We have no idea what's going to happen with free agency. We have no idea what's going to happen with the combine, any of the last few bowl games and the playoff. There's a bunch of things that can happen. Almost everything will certainly change between now and the end of April when the draft is. So don't get too caught up in looking ahead towards the end of April. Be in the now, be in the present. Enjoy this great win from Zach Wilson. Take it as a, as a Christmas present, wrap it under your tree and be happy because our young quarterback is starting to get it. And that's all we've been hoping for and waiting for for weeks now. I'm, I don't know what else to say other than I'm incredibly, incredibly happy. And thank you for the Jets for giving me a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. And a Happy New Year. All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, it has been great having you back, Vitor. Very happy to have you back with us. As always, you guys can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17 on Twitter. Guys, you know the drill. Now, Matt, you can find me at Zazzy Jets. And I'm Vitor, and you can find me at Vitor5am. was great to be back. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. As always, guys, make sure you check out at OKD Podcast on Twitter. We will be back next week to talk about the Bucks game. Going to be some interesting things going on there. Bucks head coach Bruce Arians is out with COVID. Mike Evans is out with COVID. Jets still have a handful of players on their COVID list coming back. So it'll be interesting to see the results of that game, but we will be back to make sure we can recap it. Thank you all again so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.